Hello everyone, this is Pastor Rafael Hernandez. I am the pastor at Essence Place in Hartford, Connecticut. And today I want to take the time to talk to you about uh, the sermon that we had on Sunday morning today at Essence Place. Maybe some of you didn't get a chance to hear it uh, or you didn't get a chance to see it because you weren't there. And uh, so that's why I'm recording this. And hopefully you'll get to hear it in your time uh, and it will bless you. But the title is Jesus is the Answer Part 2. In uh, this uh, season of Advent, season of Christmas that's coming up, we're going to focus on Jesus, the incarnation, the birth of Christ. He became human. And uh, we're going to focus on um, different themes associated with Jesus and associated with Advent. Today we focus on love. There's a deep need in humans, and it's a part of the way God wired us to be. He wired us to desire love, but not any kind of love, but specifically a love that is totally unselfish, sacrificial, and that's offered with no strings attached. Humans desire a love that's not based on our performance or dependent on how many times we succeed or mess up. Humans desire a love that values us not for what we have achieved or failed to achieve, but values us just because of who we are. Each one of us is created by God, unique, special, and at the same time, God made all humans in the image of God. Regardless of socioeconomic status, intelligence, skill sets, residence, education, personal history, nationality, ethnicity, language, age, sex, and race. God does not discriminate in his love for us. He does not discriminate in that he made all humans in his image. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's from the NIV version. And that work, handiwork, can also mean work of art, workmanship, masterpiece, poem. You know, we're God's work of art. Do you know that you're unique, your unique work of art? You're a living work of art. You're an ongoing work of art because God is still, it's like he has the canvas and he continues to add things to that canvas. But you're unique. There's no one like you. And there's no one like me. We are unique. We're his masterpiece. <clears throat> it's like when Picasso, when Picasso, um, decided to become a painter one day and, you know, he started making these paintings. He probably never thought, my God, my paintings are going to be worth so much money. They're going to be so valuable. Well, do you know that you, as a work of art, are much more valuable than any artwork from Picasso? Way more valuable than that. 
because you're special, you're unique, and you're valued by God. Psalm 139, 13 to 14 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You created my inmost being. Not only did you create the things that I can't see, my organs, you know, my heart, my lungs, my liver, other parts inside of me that I can't see, but also my inmost being emotionally, too. You created my, God created our personality, not only our organs and the things that we can't see that are inside of us, but physically, but also our, our personality, who we are, our uniqueness, our he knows and about our weaknesses and our strengths. He knows about our skill sets because God created all of that thing, all those things in us. He wired us a certain way to be a certain way. Our inmost being, he knows that. Genesis 127 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. <clears throat> We're made in the image of God. We're supposed to be reflections of God. Like when you go in front of a mirror and you see your reflection in that mirror. Well, people are supposed to see the character of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God, you know. And that's, that's even, say this, the kindness, the mercy, the love the compassion, the empathy of Jesus. They're supposed to see that in us because we are image bearers. We are image bearers. We reflect the image of God to the world that's out there. I don't know if you know that, but that's a pretty awesome thing to be, to, to be made in the image of God. When people see us, they will. See, they should see hope. They should see the joy of the Lord. You know, they should see these things. They should sense the love of God. I want you to know, and this is what this message is all about. I want you to know that you are special to God. You're valued by God. You're loved by God. You're special to Jesus. You're valued by Jesus. You're loved by Jesus. And I know that this season is very hard for some people. This Advent season, this Christmas season, very hard for some people, especially for those that have experienced trauma in their lives in the past. And I know that this season may bring back thoughts of past actions and words by others that were not loving, but hurtful. I know we can grow up thinking that we are unlovable, that we have no value, that we really don't matter. You and I may have experienced people that love us with strings attached, 
or if we perform a certain way or level, then they love us. We may have experienced an inconsistent love that loves only sometimes, but not all times, not at all times, regardless of our mess-ups, failures, and past sins. But I want to encourage all of us during this Advent and Christmas season by declaring that Jesus loves you and I so much that he became a human being and for our sake suffered and died on the cross. Jesus loves us so much that he will go to any length to reach you with his love. Jesus wants you to experience his love daily and personally. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not just the, the day that I believe in Jesus and that's the only day that I experience his love. No. He wants us to experience it daily. He wants us to, to experience his love in the workplace, his love at, with our families, his love in the community that we live in on a daily basis. Jesus' love is unconditional. It's a love that's unfailing. It's a love without limits. Jesus' love is a love that asks nothing from us in return and is not dependent on our circumstances. And that's the kind of love that Jesus gives us, you and I. That's the kind of love that never gives up on us. It's a love that pursues us. No matter what. No matter what. Today I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. I want to talk with you about two parables in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus communicates and that shows how much God loves and values you and me. These two parables are usually overshadowed by the parable of the lost son. And in your Bible, you'll see that they, they come just before that parable. But theirs are, they are as important. And the two parables I want to talk to you about is the first one is the parable of the lost sheep, and the second parable that we want to talk about today is the parable of the lost coin. Let's read from Luke 15, 1 through 7. And it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it, puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. 
I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. A couple of things here, a couple of points, about three points actually. Number one is, Jesus loves us as we are in the moment and wants to express that love towards us in a loving relationship. Look at verse 2. It says, But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And notice those words. Notice those words. This man, talking about Jesus, welcomes sinners and eats with them. Okay? Jesus didn't... Um, run away from sinners. He didn't um, um, angrily protest against sinners. It doesn't say that here. What it does say is that Jesus welcomed sinners. He welcomed them into his loving arms. He welcomed you and me Think about it. Into his loving arms. He welcomes us into a love relationship with him. And he eats with them. Now, in, in the um, time of Jesus, when Jesus was walking the earth in his body <clears throat> before he died and rose, during that period of time, to eat with someone really was a big deal. It meant that you really trusted that person. It meant that you, that you, um, it meant it was an act of love. It was a, it was a covenant type uh, action that you took with that person. It was an, it, it was a, it was an amazing thing. And so when, when Jesus says here that he, that he uh, ate with, Sinners. He's basically saying that he accepted them. Now, as we continue to, to look at this, another point from the parable of the lost sheep is, the, the second point is that the love of Jesus pursues us and finds us in our most vulnerable condition. In our most vulnerable condition. Remember, the first one was that Jesus loves us as we are in the moment and wants to express that love towards us in relationship. That's what eating with someone is about. It's a relationship, right? And the second is that the love of Jesus pursues and finds us in our most vulnerable condition. Think about that lost sheep. I remember... Um, when I was, um, a little kid in Madrid, Spain, and I, um, my parents, I guess I, I didn't see where they went. They took a turn. I didn't know where they were. And I felt lost. And you feel that way when, see, when you're with others, you feel protected. You feel safe. You're not alone. And that's the way I felt with my parents. You know, I felt safe and protected, not alone. But then all of a sudden, when I didn't see them, I felt lost. 
And so I, I, I um, you know, uh, you know, fortunately, they found me. Fortunately, they found me. But um, think of that sheep. Think of the sheep as not an animal. Think of the sheep as a human being. And that human being is lost, scared. You and I, you know, lost, scared, broken. Broken, weak, struggling. And Jesus, you know, Jesus doesn't, doesn't say, well, who cares about that, right? I'm with my, I'm with my people over here. Who cares about that? That struggling sheep. Who cares about that struggling human being? Who cares? Anyways, right? So it's only one. I still got 99, right? No. He pursues that one. For the one. He pursues that one with his love. The pursuing of Jesus with his love never ends. Never stops. He goes after that lost sheep. And he brings him back into the family. Brings him back into the family of God. You see, you see, my friends, <clears throat> the enemy wants to keep you lost, wants to keep you confused, wants to keep you blind, you know, scared, in fear. Jesus wants to bring you into the family of God. He wants you to have a loving relationship with him. The third point is Jesus' love for us is expressed with others in a loving community of joy-filled support. Look at what verse 5 says. It says, and when he finds it, talking about the sheep, he, joy he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Now you notice that Jesus doesn't tell the sheep, he finds the sheep, but he doesn't tell the sheep, okay, now we've got to walk all the way back to the rest of the sheep. In other words, you, you, have, to, you have to, with effort and trying really hard and doing what you need to do, you need to, you need to prove it and you need to walk back, walk back to the rest of the sheep. No, what he does is he he picks that lost sheep up, puts him, puts the sheep on his shoulders, and then he takes him home. It's not by your power. It, it, it's not by your strength. It's not by your ability that you do this. But it's by Jesus' power, Jesus' strength, and Jesus' ability that you do this. In other words... You're not doing it. He's doing it. He's, he's looking for you. He's finding you. He's rescuing you. And in his strength and his power, he brings you back home. And then it's time for a party. And that's why I say it's a loving community of joy-filled support. Because it says that he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. So three points. Jesus loves us as we are in the moment and wants to express that love towards us in relationship. Two, the love of Jesus pursues and finds us in our most vulnerable conditions. Three, Jesus' love for us is expressed with others in a loving community of joy-filled support. Now let's look at the second parable. The second parable is the parable of the lost coin. 
And we find that in Luke 15, 8 to 10. And this is what it says. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. A couple of points here. And um, the first point that I want to draw from these verses is that the love of Jesus carefully and intentionally pursues us. Think about this. This woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one. Who hasn't lost some money, right? Uh, you know, you're sitting in the couch and, the, you know, the coin falls out of your pocket and falls inside between the couch, the, the, the couch somewhere, right? Or underneath the couch. And in fact, when we go looking for when we when we go looking for for uh, money and things, sometimes we look under the couch. We look, you know, we 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 pull the um, the cushions from the couch up, and we see all this money there, right? Well, that's what you know. This woman, she lost that coin, and what she does is she she doesn't say, "Who cares? It's just a it's just a, a quarter, right? Who cares, right?" No. She, she, she values it. So much so that she, she lights a lamp. The lamp is going to provide the light to find this thing, right? You know, the Word of God is a lamp, it says. And the Word of God is Jesus. She lights that lamp to find this lost coin. And then she sweeps the house... I can imagine her sweeping every crook and cranny, every side of the house, every every place that she that a coin might have gotten to. She sweeps it, hopefully to find it, and then she searches carefully. Searches carefully means that she's intentional. She's looking. She's careful about. She's she's not haphazardly doing this. She's very careful in looking, and that's the way that. God's love, the love of Jesus, pursues us intentionally, carefully, looking for us in every a corner, every crook and cranny, every place, every, every little place we might be lost in. Jesus' love is undaunting in its pursuit of us because he values us. He values us. And it says, and when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So the love of Jesus carefully and intentionally pursues us. The other point is that the love of Jesus is personally is is personal and individual. It's not just that Jesus loves humanity as a whole. 
We all say that Jesus died for the sin of sins of the world, right? He loves all of humanity. But it's that Jesus loves you and me personally and is willing to do whatever it takes to find us in our brokenness and lostness and through the power of life, of his life, lovingly transforming us. So make it personal. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. Put your name there. It's personal. That one coin represents a human being, represents a human soul, represents somebody special, somebody valued, oh, represents a work of art, represents a masterpiece. Jesus values. And will do whatever it takes to pursue us, that person, whoever it may be, you and me and others with his love, with his love. <clears throat> so there are five points that I've, that I have, um, that I have um, highlighted here. They are taken from these two parables, the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. And these are the five. Jesus loves us as we are in the moment and wants to express that love towards us in relationship. The second is, the love of Jesus pursues and finds us in our most vulnerable conditions. The third one is, Jesus' love for us is expressed with others in a loving community of joy-filled support. The fourth one is, the love of Jesus carefully and intentionally pursues us. And the fifth one is, the love of Jesus is personal and individual. Personal and individual. Now, I'm just getting my Bible here, so you might have heard that, but I just want you to understand that, <clears throat> how much Jesus loves you. You can't go, you cannot hide from the presence, the loving presence of Jesus. You cannot hide from the loving presence of God. King David, um, who was the king, a king of, uh, of Israel, you know, King David, um, he found out, he found this out, he learned this out. He was a man that God called him a man after my own heart. But yet he was somebody that was a murderer also. He murdered somebody. He committed adultery. And yet, even with that hanging over him like that, right? That's pretty, some pretty bad stuff. God didn't say, you know what? You have no value, King David. You know, you're nothing. You know, I'm not going to pursue you anymore. No. Just the opposite. God continued to pursue him and pursue him with his unfailing love. He never stopped. Even with, even with those sins, he never stopped loving David. His love. His love. 
is what changed David's heart, caused him to repent. You know, it says in Scripture that the goodness of heart, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. The goodness of God. God is good. His love, his love is, is unfailing. So anyways, in Psalm 139, if we go there, and we reference some of Psalm 39 already earlier in, in, in this talk, in this message, but in Psalm 139, it says this, in verses 5 to 8, it says, and this is King David, he wrote this psalm, and this is what he says, referring to God, he says, You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. So what is King David realizing and what is he saying? He's saying there's no place that he can go. He can go to the moon. He can go to, to Mars. He can go to even someplace farther up, you know, in this universe. Or even farther than that. And God's loving presence will be there. He can go to the depths of the ocean, the depths of the sea, as deep as you can go, as deep as humanly possible. And God's presence, God's loving presence will be there. So he realized that God loved him so much even with all his mess-ups, even with all his failing. And David had a lot of failings. He realized that even with all that, God's love would continue to pursue him. And that's the way God is for you and me as well. So this... Advent season, this Christmas season, I want you to know God loves you. You're valuable. And God's presence, his loving presence will pursue you no matter what circumstance you're in, no matter what, how bad you think your situation is. No matter where you are right now, he'll pursue you while you're in your workplace. He'll pursue you in your family. He'll pursue you in your community. He'll pursue you in your church. He will pursue you with his unfailing love. And it's up to us to receive him, to receive it, to say, yes, Lord, I want to have a deeper loving relationship with you. Let's reflect upon that during this season, shall we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. For those that are listening, I just pray, Father God, that they would sense that you love them, Lord. You love them with an unfailing love and that your presence, your loving presence, will pursue them, continue to pursue. They cannot, there's no place they can go to hide 
from your love. Please, Lord, help them not to take the enemy's bait. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy, what the enemy is saying about them, or what even other people are saying about them. Help them, Father God, to turn to you, to turn to Jesus, to cling to you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you all, and I hope that this message blesses all of you that hear it. God bless. This is Pastor Rafael Hernandez from Essence Place. God loves you. Bye-bye.